For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Wednesday edition of the podcast. We're going to get into the early list of underclassmen declarations as they start to pour in here and will over the next several weeks. Kyle, welcome to this Wednesday hump day edition of Draft Dudes. Hi. Yeah, it sucks to not be sitting next to my great friend and co-host, the Joe Marino, but I digress. We're here to talk about the growing pool of prospects for the 2019 NFL Draft. That makes the heart flutter a little easier, knowing that I'm not sitting next to you for this show. Yeah, well, we need this, right? We need the underclassmen to fill up the premium talent Right, because if it's just seniors, it's, it's going to be a little bit lacking. But you know, kind of the one thing that pops when we when we start this discussion is just the uptick in recent years of these underclassmen uh, declarations. How many of them declare? Last year we had a record 106 in 2018, and the year before that 95, the year before that 96, before that 74, 98, and then before that the previous record was 73. So we are we are pushing triple digits on a yearly basis here over the last three years after we would get eh, anywhere from 40 to, to maybe 65, 70 uh, in the previous, you know, 2006 to 2013. So these guys are coming in hot and heavy and um, it'll always be debatable whether or not it's the right decision, but there's always so many personal implications to that, that we don't, you know, we just don't know those situations, but uh, uh, we're going to talk about uh, some of these guys that we do know have entered the party, sir. Yeah, and you said 106 last year, correct? Yeah, that's a record. Uh, yeah. 30, 37 of them went undrafted last year. Not great. Not so great. just something to bear in mind as we see this player pro, uh, player pool, say that five times fast, yeah. grow more and more and more. But that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? You see undrafted free agents every year, <clears throat> Philip Lindsay. <laughs> find success in the NFL regardless of being drafted or not. And if you're mm-hmm. talented, you'll find a home and you'll, you'll end up on a roster the way you were meant to be. And Peyton Barber for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers is another example. He's our leading rusher this year. He's had a couple nice football games and left Auburn early and went undrafted. You know, it happens. But at the same time, um, it is something to be aware of knowing that this player pool is going to get very large and a large percentage of those players are not going to have their names called when it's all said and done. Truth. Kyle, we got our first quarterback to declare early do, for the do NFL. Do we have to? We do. Do we have, we, do we have to do this on the we, show? We do because – No, we don't. You know, I'm telling you. Oh, Jared Stidham, he's in the party, Kyle. Um, I don't think either one of us are super high on Jared Stidham. 
but uh, I I don't know that he was going to get any better at, at Auburn. You know, I don't. I'm not right. sure that there. He Jeff Risden. All right. So, well, and he said this privately. So I'm sorry that we threw you under the bus here, Jeff. But you said in a group text, he basically he came out and said, "Look," he said, uh, "His ceiling's already low, so it doesn't really help him to go back." Uh, maybe the NFL likes him more than we do, and maybe we'll be eating our words, but. Uh, Stidham is in the quarterback class. And what's interesting about this quarterback class is we need some underclassmen. Um, well, we need good underclassmen because right now the, Drew Locke is the most desirable senior. Will Greer, you know, very, very flawed prospects. And so we're waiting on Haskins or waiting on Herbert. But for now, we've got Stidham. Right. Stidham, to me, uh, his offense did do him absolutely no favors. That's a, that's a true statement. And I, w- I would – support anyone who makes that claim. But I would also support the statement that he's not a good prospect. I don't think his arm is anywhere near the level that it was talked up to be when he first transferred to Auburn. Do you remember when he first got to Auburn from Oklahoma State? And everybody's like, wow, this kid's got a cannon. Big mobile kid. He's going to really open up this offense. Well, he didn't. And some of that's offensive design, but some of that is the fact that Stidham doesn't handle pressure well. I don't think his arm strength's all that particularly great, despite the narrative that he's a big, strong-armed quarterback. And uh, I, I think if you get him in a setting where you can see him relative to some of his peers, which we might get at the Senior Bowl, something yeah, to watch we're for. We're getting it. We're I know, it. <laughs> I know uh, Executive Director uh, Jim Nagy is a fan of Stidham. He, he's talking about him on Twitter already. Um, if you put him in that setting, I think you'll see there his peers have better arm, natural arm ability than what he does on his own, at least based on what I've seen on two years of film at Auburn. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, what's next? What do you want to get into next? Here's their name. I brought the first name to the table, so I want to allow you a chance to maybe bring a more yeah, exciting I, name. I want to <laughs> talk about some of the wide receivers. Yes. Uh, I'm excited to see DK Metcalf in. We've known he's in for a little while now. Nikhil Harry. Somebody in this podcast knew first that Nikhil was coming out, but that's it's okay. Uh, wasn't, wasn't me. Calvin Harmon declared recently, but I want to talk about A.J. Brown. Anthony Ratliff-Williams from USC is a guy, Joe, you were, were high on and has also declared for the 2019 NFL Draft. But I want to talk about A.J. Brown because he's interesting. Because there's a perception around A.J. Brown that he's a top wide receiver prospect, and I think he's a top-tier talent but that's relative to what your expectation on top is and how big the tier belongs if you're talking about a top 50 player i certainly think aj brown's in conversation i really love his physicality on his routes i love his contested catch ability his ability to rework into favorable positions if his quarterback puts him a ball that's not in a place that he's leveraged i love how strong his hands are he plucks the ball really clean he's strong and physical after the catch but I don't think he's an outside receiver that's going to put the jets on you and run by you. And that's okay. But AJ Brown, if you're expecting a player like that to go in the, the top 20 picks, then you're banking on a team falling in love with his skill set and specifically needing that kind of skill set. A guy that can win on the inside. I think Larry Fitzgerald is a great model for AJ Brown in recent years. How Larry Fitzgerald has extended his career by kicking inside and playing the quote unquote big slot role. I think that's what A.J. Brown would be best at at the next level. It doesn't make him a bad player, but I think his physical limitations are something that requires more context as far as what his role is at the next level. I don't think A.J. Brown's the kind of player you could stick in any offense in the NFL, tell him to run out there and go get it, and have him have success. 
I just don't think he's that type of player. That doesn't mean he's a bad player. But uh, Brown's an interesting one because his his film study and projection requires more attention and context than some of his colleagues. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, he always played in the slot. I think he got some reps on the boundary late in the season. But, I mean, like, just always the slot receiver. A lot of volume to his targets. Uh, You did mention Anthony Ratliff-Williams from North Carolina in there, and and he's a player that I did want to mention because he's interesting. I don't think he's going to be like a top, you know, first-round pick or second-round pick even, but he's he's a guy that was like the number one quarterback recruit uh, in North Carolina. He goes to North Carolina, University of North Carolina, and switches over to wide receiver, and it's really exciting some of his moments at the catch point where he elevates for the football, positions his frame, and really shows some alpha – uh, traits there to, to go up and get it. But, you know, he's also got a lot of speed. There's a play, if you think back to his 2017 tape, where he outran, he he broke the angles of both the, of the Edmonds brothers, Terrell and Tremaine Edmonds, who both, you know, Tremaine's a 4-5 guy and, and Terrell's a 4-4 guy, and, and the, the, he ran away from them. And so it, it's interesting because, you, like, from a snap-to-snap basis, you don't think that he's like a blazer. But then there's those reps where it's like, oh, wow, he, he runs away from guys that I know are fast. So uh, he gives you that return dynamic. He's really good with the ball in his hands. And so, you know, ball skills, yards after the catch. I mean, you're talking about a guy that has the ability to win at every level and win in the return game. And so uh, he's one of those sneaky, I guess, mid-round guys, maybe early to mid-round guys that uh, I think can, can be a playmaker in a lot of different ways for an NFL team. And uh, I, I definitely understand him him taking the, the opportunity to jump ship. You know, the, the the quarterback situation at UNC is not very good, and, and you got the coaching switch over. And so, you know, I, I think his best ability is going to be uh, to go to the NFL and see what he can do starting next year. But he's interesting. Yeah, another name that's interesting that seems to be the theme here of this show, inadvertently, because we came in and we said, all right, we're just going to talk about the underclassmen declarations to this point. But, uh, well, uh <laughs> Rayshon Gary, what position yeah. does Rayshon play? Defense. It's a good. It's a good answer. That's a sneaky good answer. I think he's an interior defensive lineman. I said that over the summertime, and I know he cut down weight to try and play on the edge, but Rayshon's holes don't go away with shedding weight. You know, he had a great first step at two ninety, two eighty five, whatever he was last year. Now he's lightened his load a little bit. He's still got a great first step. He just doesn't know what he's doing off the edge. And I, I, I'm really speculative of his ability to flatten and diminish angles and soften angles for himself with his hand usage on the edge. Uh, does not have a lot of great lower half flexibility and mobility to kind of lean and drop the inside hip and get high ankle flexion and turn the corner on offensive tackles. So put him inside. Put him back to 290. Let him play three tech. Fire off the ball. Shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Get Rayshon in as many of those situations where that first step can shine at 290, beating offensive linemen out of their stance and getting into blocks and running through lateral contact. I think that is your your recipe for success for Rayshon Gary. There's just one little problem, Joe. This defensive tackle class is freaking stacked. (laughs) You got Ed Oliver, who's in. I'm not going to talk about him. You got Quinn and Williams, who should be in. Raekwon Davis, who should be in. Justin Simmons. This is a really good group. Gerald Willis from Miami. Christian He's a really talented dude. Christian Wilkins. This defensive tackle group is stupid good. 
Where does Rayshon Gary fall on that lexicon of players? Well, there's some speculation from others in our industry that, you know, this is a potential top 10 pick. And that would surprise me. I put nothing past NFL teams because you never know. But I would be highly surprised in this class with this kind of talent available that Gary's a top five, six pick. Kyle, if anyone uh, has been listening to this podcast, they know that we like to make some bets, put some wagers together, and it makes it more fun. And, And you know what's also fun? Watching football. But what makes watching football more fun? It makes it more entertaining when you have some action on the games. Guys, you've heard me talking about this for weeks, and some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, you can turn $100 into $600. There's so much to bet on. College basketball, football, NBA, NHL, custom props, even esports, you name it, you can bet on it at MyBookie. MyBookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. MyBookie has been in business for years. They have great online reviews and their mobile site is easy to use. Sign up this week and MyBookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. Also, make sure you follow MyBookie on Twitter. It's at BetMyBookie. They personally respond to every mention and DM. Not to mention that they've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season. You'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and props are posted. That's again, that's at BetMyBookie on Twitter. Don't miss out on one of the best bets this week and on sports this year. Log on to MyBookie right now and use our promo code LOCKEDON25 and get 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code LOCKEDON25. You play, you win, you get paid. We'll be right back after this to talk about some more of the underclassmen. All right, Kyle, turning our attention back to the underclassmen that have declared for the NFL draft. Uh, Let's see. I want to talk about Greedy Williams, cornerback from LSU. And it's fun because it feels like all summer and and early in the season, even throughout the course of the season, this was the guy that we thought had the, you know, cornerback one written all over him. But maybe cornerback one hasn't declared in in Byron Murphy. And I know that you and I have some plans to get into both of these prospects here uh, very soon on the show. But right now we only know that Greedy Williams is in. And so, I mean, Greedy's really talented, right? Like size, length, physicality, the ability to turn and run with anybody, fluidity. Uh, You really think that he has all the traits necessary to be a a really outstanding man-to-man cover guy that has some ball skills. Well, the frustrating part about watching Greedy is just that there's there's some some just some effort issues. He doesn't finish reps consistently. There's just times where you're just you feel like he doesn't play up to his immense physical potential. And look, I know that NFL teams draft guys because of where they you know what they can become, and the ceiling for Greedy Williams is really 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 high, and he's probably definitely going to be a top fifteen, top twenty pick, right? I don't think there's any question, but. Uh, you know, look, I think that the theme here is that between, you know, uh, Byron Murphy, Bryce Hall, there's a little bit more competition for CB1 uh, than maybe we thought going into the season. Correct. And and for me, Greedy Williams will not be CB1. Ooh, pending, it, pending declarations. 
Hot take, pending right. declarations. That that is coming down the chute at the draft network. But Joe, what if I told you I did a film assessment on a cornerback who has declared for the 2019 NFL draft? Well, there's only two others. Is Sean Bunting from Central Michigan? Do you know anything about Sean Bunting? Ah, oh, yeah, that he went to Central Michigan. Yeah, yeah, I knew that too until this weekend when I took uh, took some time to sit down and, and take a look. Uh, fun player. He's a high ceiling type prospect. He's got good ball skills. Uh, he's registered nine interceptions throughout the course of his college career. Really like his ability to play in zone, specifically more than man-to-man coverage. I think he's a little too overaggressive at times. Uh, he's got great transitions and great foot quickness, but uh, he doesn't really feel the hip on receivers when he's playing turn and run. And that leads to some looseness at the top of route stems when receivers are banging off and, and getting into their breaks. And uh, he's he's just not quite there yet. I think a good if you wanted to find a system that could maximize his ability early on, uh, he feels like a Seattle corner as far as that guy that's got some length and some looseness and excels in cover three when his eyes are in the backfield. Uh, he's not great playing forward. He's not consistent playing and run support as far as shucking blocks on the boundary and, and getting rid of wide receivers to fill down into that D gap and, and keep that edge firm when teams test the, the run with to the boundary. But uh, this is a player that I think has a reasonable ceiling. He's a guy that I would, would look at in the light of an early day three type projection, like a round four, round five, I think would be a great value for somebody of his skill set. But his ceiling's higher than that. So if a team takes him in the top 100, which some people believe that he could potentially be a top 100 pick, uh, I believe Tony Pauline said that when Bunting declared for the draft, they're betting on the upside here. They're betting that they can develop him as a player. So there's a little bit of a boomer bust here as far as he's not polished where he needs to be to be considered an early draft selection. But there's some likable traits with a guy like Sean Bunting. Interesting. And his buddy, Xavier Crawford, the whole the, the cornerback duo at Central Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> They're both Who knew? two NFL yeah. corners there at Central Michigan this year. Man, I would have paid attention to some more Maction if I knew. If I only knew. Uh, you should okay. be paying attention to Maction anyway, for the yeah. record. Yeah, I try, Kyle. You know, try to watch as much football as I can. Um, man, uh, how do we not talk about Ed Oliver, Nick Bosa? I mean, we've got a couple of defensive linemen here that are, you know, we know that they've been in, and those are guys that are going to certainly be in the top five. We got the premium talent like a DK Metcalf, so we got tight end one potentially and Noah Fant from Iowa. But it's kind of interesting sometimes, like, you know, we're only 20 in in terms of these underclassmen declarations. We're going to get, you know, possibly over 100 again. Some of the guys that I'm not familiar with, and you mentioned Sean Bunting, and it's good that you know him. We just, you know, you mentioned Xavier Crawford, but Jordan Brailford, an edge from Oklahoma State, not super familiar. Dax Raymond, a tight end from Utah State, who uh, I watched a little bit of him right when he declared, and his production's not all that good. You know, it's it's going to be a lot of these guys that we're going to have to learn about that we don't expect, and, and so we've already gotten a handful of those as well. Do you have any comments? On some of these guys that are a little bit lesser known, uh, I just emptied the load there on Sean Bunting. I got nothing on any yeah. of these other guys, man. How about Hanging Justice Hill? He's here. he's a yeah, guy. I love that, Justice. 
Good year. He had a good year last year when they had James Washington and Marcel Aitman and Mason Rudolph. And he, he didn't have as good of a year, but like his per yards per carry were, was right on par, actually a little better. Well, I think and had, so, you, said, you said the other day, you said he had what, 100 less touches? Of the 100 less year? touches, yeah, yeah. So the you know the, the gross data there was not as good, but he's an interesting player, right? Like you expected maybe for him to be a little bit more involved in the passing game as a receiver there, given you know he's kind of a smaller back, like 5'10", 190. But he's elusive, man. He's a guy that can get out in space and win, and the guy that I think could be a really nice complimentary back in the NFL. And this NFL, this uh, this rising draft class of of running backs is is a bit lacking. I have a hot take with Justice Hill. Ooh, give it to us. Justice Hill is the player that people want Bryce Love to be. But man, does Bryce Love have any love right now for him? Like he is so he has what people his... what people wanted Bryce Love to be. How's so that? you think he's got that kind of burst, right? So the one thing we talk about with Love is that he's just, when he and he's electric. He can he can run fast. Like you see that type of juice in Hill. Maybe not necessarily the elite long speed. But as far as the ability to make you miss in a phone booth, and yeah. for a guy of that same relative stature, he'll put his shoulder pads down on you and run you over. I didn't see Bryce Love run anybody over over the last two years. <laughs> that's not what he does. No, no Bryce, he, he's a, a space back that's electric in the open field, and if you provide him with a great push. And Bryce has some instances of, of being able to anticipate flow on the second level and find his way through, but... Nowhere near the consistency that you would want. I think Justice Hill coming out at Oklahoma State, working in that spread offense, saw a lot of thin boxes. Uh, he has some of the same vision questions that I have with Bryce Love, but I think Justice Hill's a more physical player. I think he's just as good as making you miss in one-on-one situations, and I think he's got plenty of explosiveness in the open field. All right. So there you go. Hot take to end the show. What's the Bless valuation? Him. Gun to head, real quick. Valuation, Justice oh, Hill. How high would you take him right uh, now? Like 75 to 100 maybe if okay. I needed, right. needed that fair. kind of back. I mean, I'm That's not going to sit here and pump him as a, a first-round pick or anything right. like that. No, no, no. I, I didn't expect that. I was just like, all right, what's the highest? 75, that seems – that feels right to me. Yeah, like early three to late three, I think it is – the third round is where I would give him some consideration based on roster needs from what I've seen right now. Don't marry me to that take. No, I won't. Who's declaring tomorrow? Anybody we need to know about? You want to break anything here too? Uh, oh, Brian Burns declared. That's one other guy we didn't get to. But Yeah, we did not talk about Brian yeah. Burns. That's a good if, call. If he's 241, we've got some information that he's 241 pounds. We've talked a lot about Burns. We, we like him a ton. He's got a very translatable pass rushing skill set and a lot of juice, a lot of flexibility, a lot of ability to string Listen, together moves. If but he's it, 241 now, he better show up at the combine at 250. Yep. Yep. You know? Yep. For sure. Sorry to cut you off there. Just, no, you're good. I didn't shoot no, it I, off the head. They're all good. I'm still I'm still trying to think um who's declaring tomorrow. On Thursday. Me, tomorrow on, on Thursday. Th- on th- the next couple days. Yeah. Um I'm I'm overviewing my List of player reports that I've already written, and I'm hoping these players declare. <laughs> you're so, you're so. Yeah, I'm aggressive oh, with it. You're aggressive. That's the I'm, word. I'm very yeah. aggressive with it, and it's going to bite yeah. me one of these years. Didn't bite He's me at all what? last year. Not one. Not had at least one, one last year. No, not one report that I wrote prematurely before the player declared for the draft. Did he end up going back to school last year? 
happened to me one time, and I told yeah, myself you'll never, it never do it again. No. You know who it was? <laughs> you want to know who it was? Yeah, who was it? Sean Oakman. Oh, no. Of all people. I wrote of a Sean Oakman people. scouting report, and then he went back to school. And here we are. What do you think Sean's doing right now? He, he, no, he's not, not doing playing football. He no. ain't playing football. <laughs> Maybe he's a bouncer. I don't know. <laughs> okay, let's. We're gonna put the uh, the wraps and on this before we get in any trouble speculating what Sean's up to. Uh, thank you for listening to the show today. We hope you guys had a good time talking about some of the underclassmen do- declarations that have come uh, down the river for us. And as this class continues to grow, we promise the draft dudes to be one of your relied resources to help you sift through the news and understand why it's relevant and what, what you should think of it. And then go make those decisions for yourself. Go out, check the tape. We're uh, big proponents here at uh, draft dudes and at the draft network in general of letting you guys have your own voice and platform. And that's why we do takes on takes on Tuesdays. Apparently Joe, we've been ignoring somebody's takes two straight weeks oh. now. What is well, you're the take collector. So I what's know. the deal? Well, thanks What's for the th- deal. <laughs> little little uh, nugget here. You're at the damn end. right. I'm gonna throw you under the bus. <laughs> I feel bad about it. I don't know. I don't ever mean to, but you yeah, start, you know, well, pulling him off. All right, the so we're gonna now. we're gonna keep an eye out for his take. I got it. Make sure got he gets it. on. About, okay, good. It's about Chicago secondary. I got it already right. for next week. We're good. Oh, Eddie Jackson, it. I like it. Sign well, me up. Let's do kind it. Kind of, kind of. Okay. Well, we'll I'm see. gonna make it about Eddie Jackson. You know, yeah, you will. Yeah. Never expect anything less. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to Draft Dudes. You can reach us on social media. Joe is at the Joe Marino, and I am at Grinding the Tape. Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. We'll talk with you guys tomorrow for Baby Big Ports. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.